helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. I am Bettina Davomar, co-host for today with award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Today's show is about one of the most important aspects of couples' relationship, couples' communication. Picture the following scenario. You just discovered that your husband has lied to you that he was at work when he was in fact at the casino gambling away your limited family income. How would you address this with your spouse? Would you go for days sulking and not saying anything to your partner? Number two, meet him as he comes through the door screaming, how could you? Number three, put on a sermon about liars going to hell. Or number four, sit him down and express how you feel and why you won't accept deception. In your relationship, your approach determines your communication style. Today, Michael will be addressing communication styles and their impact on a couple's relationship. And now, here is my co-host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, Bettina. Thank you so much for being with me on this episode of the Life Transformation Show and filling in for Melissa. This topic is such a very important topic, Bettina, because we will be talking about something that determines a quality of a couple's relationship. And John Gottman, who did research on couples' relationship and why some couples remain married and why others end in divorce, basically came to the conclusion that it wasn't the type of problems Mm -hmm. that couples have that determined whether or not the relationship lasted, but how they went about their conflict. And so communication and the style of your communication determines how you go about the style of your conflict. So today we're going to be looking at four basic communication styles, their impact and and their impact on couples' relationship. But I wanted to welcome my listeners who are, maybe you're joining us for the first time. Thank you very much for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. And if you are new, our number is one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. We are a professional counseling organization that provides counseling from a Christian perspective. And you can find out more about us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And so, Bettina, as we go into today's show, I wanted to, to use a passage of Scripture as we often do on this show. And my challenge to the listener today is, as you listen to the show, see if you can tell which of the communication style is been used by the wife of David, Michael, in this story that I'm going to read. And it's from Second Samuel chapter 6, from verse 20 to 22. And so the first person to call and to say which style it is will get a recognition on our Facebook as the, the winner of this contest. So here it is, Second Samuel chapter 6. Quote, When David returned home to bless his household, 
Micah, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar feller would. David said to Micah, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. So we have this communication that is going on between Michael and and David. And we see her approach to to David, where she's calling him vulgar and maybe feeling a little bit insecure about the attention that her man David is getting from all these slave girls who might have been looking at David with lustful eyes as he danced and rejoiced before them. And so the communication style that Michael, Michael had in this dialogue, in this narrative, will be one of the four. So see if you can tell which of the four is it. Now, Michael, in your workshops and conferences, you say that there are basically four communication styles. What is the first communication style out of the four? The first communication style is what we call the passive communicator or the passive communication style. And in this style, as the name suggests, uh, spouses or the person communicating does not address the issue directly. Or if they do, they do it in a very feeble manner. And so they they fail to assert themselves and to say what it is that's really the problem that needs to address. Or they, they tend to speak in very shy, apologetic ways and uh, present themselves as if their needs don't really matter. And so this kind of communication is is doesn't address the issue and sometimes leads to bigger problems down the down the road. So now, Michael, if someone has passive uh, passive communication style, how would that impact uh, have an impact on their relationship? So one of the impact on the relationship would be that issues, as I said, would become more magnified over time, Mm -hmm. but also the quality of life between the spouse would deteriorate because when you keep issues on the inside, you're becoming more and more depressed, more and more unhappy. So I like your example in the beginning, Bettina, when you talk about this person who is going around sulking for days. (laughs) When you are sulking, your body is secreting hormones that is creating stress for your body and it's having it's going to have an impact on your health over time as opposed to if the issue was addressed in the first day that it happened and you became uh, together again as a couple and you're happy and you move on. This drawing out of the issue leads to depression in the person who who is passive, but it also leads to a dysfunction that continues in the relationship because the issue is not being resolved. This person in your gambling example is not taken to task for what he has done and so is likely to continue in the dysfunction unchallenged because the person who is passive has not addressed him directly. 
Now, I can see how that's really important to address uh, that situation and how the passive communication style is somewhat an easy way for the other person to just let things go. Now, what... uh, would that at the childhood factors, can we talk a little bit about that? What childhood factors that may have uh, led to someone becoming or having that passive communication? One of the childhood factor could be that maybe this person has never seen conflict in their household growing up. So it could be that extreme where conflict was never demonstrated. Maybe they had a passive mother or passive father that never really uh, addressed any of the issues in their home. Or sometimes it can be the opposite, where maybe conflict meant things would go flying and there would be a lot of danger and chaos. Mm-hmm. And so someone who is from that ext- either end of that extreme could either number one is not used to conflict or number two is afraid of conflict because of the extreme. And so when they think of addressing a situation with their spouse, instead of going to that situation boldly and speaking about it, they are triggered Hmm. by the situation because of things that happened in their childhood. And so they keep it on the inside and they sulk instead of bringing things out in the open. Wow. Now, we've talked about passive communication style being the first one. What is the second communication style? The second communication style is is the aggressive communication style. So people who are aggressive, they go about their communication in a way that they tend to humiliate others, they dominate others, and they, they, they speak in such way that they're frustrated and overwhelmed. And what ends up happening is that they, they ex- exude a lot of emotion in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, sometimes the issues become lost. So the aggressive communicator may think that if I speak loudly and I speak angrily, I am going to be heard by my spouse. But one of the things that research show is that you actually do the opposite because when you speak loudly and angrily, all the person is hearing is that you're an angry, out-of-control person. And so a lot of times the issue is left unresolved and the focus becomes, how could you become so angry? Why do you have to be so aggressive? And you have your rights and you end up losing it by becoming too aggressive in your communication style. And so how would that impact uh, the relationship if you have a spouse who is yelling, and I think, I think that was a second example mm-hmm. that you gave of this person who would meet their partner at the door even before they come through the door and start yelling and screaming, how could you? Right. If you have that kind of approach, then it makes it very difficult to resolve issue because when you attack a person, then what happens? The person becomes defensive. And a lot of times, if you have a spouse that is intimate dated by your aggressiveness, they're not going to be able to talk to you in a way that can bring about a resolution. So the aggressive communicator, just like the passive communicator, often cause the issue to remain unresolved 
because of their approach to the situation. So another uh, impact that it can have on the relationship is that because of their aggressiveness, the anger, the outburst, the throwing of things or the slamming of doors and all of that, it eats away of the uh, at the love and closeness and intimacy in the relationship because you are not going to feel warm and fuzzy feeling for a partner who has just yelled at you and 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 swear at you with Christian expletives. I know Christian have their own kind of expletives and so yeah. and so someone who have just used those words at you, you're not going to spend the rest of the evening feeling feelings of endearment. And so it has impact on other things like the sex life of the couples relationship, the closest that the couples feel, but also it can create a situation where if you're aggressive, your partner will tend to go more to secrecy than openness because they're going to feel as if I can't share anything with this person. I can't really tell my failures and my faults because this person is out of control. My spouse is out of control and he's going to become aggressive and mean. If you have just joined us here listening to the Life Transformation show, show, I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and with me in studio today is Bettina, and we are the discussing today effective couples communication and we're looking at four communication styles and if you have missed the scripture that we read earlier it is from second from first samuel chapter 6 verse 22 to 22 was the scripture that we read second samuel 6 verse 22 22. And the challenge that we have here going is see if you can identify which of the communication style is been used in that passage. Again, Elam, you can contact us at 1877-544-3546 or you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. If you want to listen to the first part of this episode or other podcasts that we have done, you can access our YouTube channel by going to our website and there is a link right at the top of the page that will take you to our Facebook page. So thank you again for joining us. So so, so Bettina, I almost call you Melissa. So Bettina, we're, we're discussing uh, this topic of couples communication and we have just discussed the, the aggressive communication style and some of the impact that that it has. But one of the other impact that it, it, it has on the family is that if there are children involved, there can be psychological damage to children mm-hmm. who are hearing this loud, violent uh, outburst from someone. And little kids, when they see two big adults acting loud and violent, they are stressed because they don't know where this is going to lead. And they, they feel a lot of fear at times looking at their parents acting and speaking with these loud volumes. Right. And so that's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, the next question I was going to ask is what childhood factors may have led that that uh, person to have that aggressive communication styles. A, a person who see aggressiveness as a child, we talk about impact on children, and that is one of the impact it can have. If you grow ho- up in a home where you see aggressive communication style, you can have uh, one or two response. You can either become aggressive yourself and become the passive type of communicator or 
you can become the passive type of communicator or you become aggressive yourself and become very loud and violent, you know, because you, you tend to develop a template, a pattern that that you saw in your childhood as being being what is familiar to you. And so when someone is from a home where they have this aggressiveness, they can tend towards becoming aggressive communicator as well. But people who are aggressive and loud, it could also be as a result of of anxiety and feeling as if their 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 life is out of control and feeling a sense of powerlessness and so they feel except I dominate and control this person mm. then I am not going to have any power in this relationship. I am losing my control. Mm -hmm. So a lot of aggressive uh, communicators feel that they have to resort to aggressiveness to maintain control of their relationship. And this could be driven by anxiety or fear as well. So we talked, Michael, about uh, the uh, passive communication style being the first, and then the second being the aggressive communication style. What is the third communication uh, style? The third communication style is the passive-aggressive communication style, right? So people who are passive-aggressive, they are not as withdrawn as the passive communicator, and they are not as aggressive as the aggressive communicator. They fall somewhere in between the two range, and they tend to be a lot more closer to the passive side than the aggressive side, but they are passive-aggressive. So they will do things like they, they, they will use sarcasm. So, you know, that example of the gambling addiction that you, you, you just use, instead mm -hmm. of coming out and saying... You know, you have this gambling habit and we need to deal with it. Maybe you need to go get help for for counseling. They might start making jokes about about gamblers. Right. Right. And it's a kind of a hint that, you know, you're a gambler and you need to do something about mm -hmm. it. And the passive aggressive to the spiritualize the example that you gave at, in the introduction about someone putting on a sermon about <laughs> liars going to hell or <laughs> gamblers going to hell. Yes. <laughs> right. So you're not coming right out and saying what you're doing is wrong and right. you need to deal with it. And there are biblical uh, reasons why it is wrong. Instead, you start playing sermons loud in the house, you know, about gamblers <laughs> and liars burning in hellfire, uh. or, or you may decide to have a home Bible study, you know, where you invite the pastor over, and the topic just happened to be liars and, and gamblers, liars, yeah. you know, <laughs> and your spouse has to sit there and go through endure. And, and endure that. So that's part of the passive-aggressive. Good. So then, um, Mike, what would be the impact of that passive aggressive um, on the relationship? So, so passive aggressive communicators usually create a situation where they remain stuck in the issue and the issue is not resolved because these sarcasm and these sermons that you're you're doing is not really speaking to the heart of the issue. So it might give you a sense of of doing something, but it's not really addressing the issue. Mm -hmm. And so this sarcasm leaves you stuck in the issue. But what it also does is that it builds resentment in the passive-aggressive person because you you might have 
played 10 sermon about gambling and liars going to hell and the person is just so selfish that are so out of out of touch with what they're doing that they don't even realize that this sermon is is about them they might even come to you and say that was a very good sermon wasn't (laughs) it i really enjoyed it you know it would have defeated the purpose yeah can you imagine people who are liars and gamblers and yes i agree they they need to go to hell and you're even more frustrated because it was meant to create to create uh this this guilt but in fact the person is enjoying it and Mm so it can lead to more frustration and more resentment and uh, people who are passive aggressive sometimes creates a situation where there there is emotional distance in the relationship because this passive aggressiveness pulls you apart because right. the, the, you, there can be no true intimacy if you're not speaking about the issues and, and the trying to resolve them. And so then the next part of the question would be what the childhood factors, uh, what would that, what would have brought that on? Childhood factors could be similar to the to, to either the passive or the aggressive, but whatever thing we notice about people who are passive aggressive is that a lot of time they tend to have parents who were conflict adverse. Right. So if you had a parent that uh, was afraid of addressing issues and use passive aggressiveness on you. Let us say that when you did something wrong, you you would find that your your mom would sulk or she would make these kind of remarks and jokes about you instead of really addressing you directly. You learn, you know, the Bible talks about training up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it. We train children sometimes not by what we say to them and what we teach them, but by what they see us doing. And that's the more powerful mode of learning. So a lot of people who are passive aggressive, they see this depict this this displayed in their family growing up. But other other uh, reasons could be they developed a sense of powerlessness because maybe they were dominated by others in their family growing up. Maybe they didn't have a voice. They weren't allowed to have a voice as a child. They could never speak up about their needs. Mm. They were made to feel that their needs were not important. And so instead of coming out and speaking up about the needs, they try passive aggressive ways instead. Right. And so we've talked about the passive uh, communication style, the aggressive communication style, and then we got to ha- kind of have like the uh, one that has both of them in there, the passive aggressive. What's the fourth one? The fourth one is the assertive communication style. And the assertive communication style is the is the best style of all. It's it's the style that is most effective. And it, it allows us to take to, 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 to have our needs met, but also allows for our partner's growth and development. The sad things that I see in a lot of Christian marriages is that sometimes the way that we approach conflict results in our partners being stuck in a cycle of sin. The, 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 the assertive communication style is found in Matthew where Jesus talks about if your brother is overtaken in a fault, you go to your brother and you show him 
his fault directly. Mm-hmm. And if he failed to, uh, to, to deal with his faults, then you bring witnesses to, yeah. so that the matters may be established in front of two or three witnesses. And so this is the assertive style. And so assertive communication style deals with the issue head on, but not in rage, not in anger, like the, the other style where, where, Things are just out of control, mm-hmm. you know, like the aggressive communication right. style. Mm-hmm. They deal with things head on. And so what would happen if someone has as a situation to address, they would sit their spouse down and say, no, honey, there's something that we really need to talk about. When you did that the other day by going out and saying that you were at work when you were in fact gambling, it made me feel as if I cannot trust you. It made me feel I don't know who you are because I thought I could trust you. And we cannot have a relationship that is built on a lack of trust. And so this is a way of talking about how you feel the impact on the relationship and so on. It's interesting because you're not actually uh, pointing the finger in this aggressive. You're actually speaking about how you feel right. about the situation. Right. And, uh, yes, yes. And so then the impact would probably be Positive, right? Yeah, right positive there? impact. So it leads to feelings of control. People who can be assertive feel as if they have control of their lives. They also feel safe in their relationship because they feel I can speak up for my needs. I can make myself heard. And so they, it, it creates this atmosphere in which issues can be worked through and resolved and you can move on instead of being stuck like in the other communication styles or where people are at a loss as to whether or not the issue is being, the perpetrator is, is, does, isn't even aware that the, right. the issue is being addressed, such as with the passive aggressive style. And it creates a, a, a an environment that is very positive for kids. So when couples come in and they tell me that they never have a conflict, I don't think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. because it often means that someone is being aggressive, not aggressive, but passive Passive, or passive aggressive. And so it's seen assertiveness displayed in front of children is very good. Children need to know that their parents can speak about challenging issues and still be in love with each other, still go to bed uh, happy at the end of the day. The Bible talks about being angry and sinning not. And I think the assertive style is just that, where you can express your displeasure over things, but in a way that's calm and the control. So I see that, Betty, you know, we have quickly come to the end of today's show. And so we have to wrap it up here for today. But if you have any questions about what we have discussed today, please feel free to give us a call. Remember that we have this challenge out. If you can be the first one to call in to say which communication style is used in Second Samuel 6, verse 20 to 22, we'll be happy to hear from you. And so we also want to remind you of our upcoming healing retreat on the weekend of June 7 to 9. And if you want to know how to get a hold of us, you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 844 
0815-242-1046. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services and Bettina Davomar. Thanking you very much for joining us on this show and praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.